Welcome to Side Talks. This is the official podcast for the Sidewalk Film Festival and Cinema. I'm Rachel Morgan, creative director for the Sidewalk Film Festival and Cinema. And I'm Corey Kraft, feature film programmer for the Sidewalk Film Festival. This is the podcast where we talk about all kinds of things sidewalk, and that means all, all things, things cinema. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. What am I watching this week to uh, sort of commemorate the 20th anniversary of the show? I started a rewatch of The Sopranos. Um, and you know what? That show is still very, very good. Um, there are probably some other things I should be doing with my time, uh, but I'd, I'd been sort of itching to, to rewatch the show for a little while now. And um, this felt like an appropriate time to jump back in before the semester gets really crazy. Um, and I've made it through the first season into the second season so far. Uh, what can you say about it? The performances are still great. The writing is still sharp. It hasn't really dated as much as you think it would. I mean, the, the first season, there are a couple subplots about heisting truck loads of DVD players, which are big ticket expensive items. And that's kind of hilarious because, you know, 1999, um, but um, it is every bit as exciting and, and still feels as fresh as it did when it first aired. Yeah, that was going to be my question is I haven't I probably haven't seen it in, oh, my gosh, over a decade. Yeah. So I didn't know if it if it really held up or not. Um, but I can tell you just sort of remembering back to the I'd heard like well, I came kind of came to The Sopranos a little late. And when yeah. I say a little late, I mean, like maybe a year after its release. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like a maybe a season behind, um, and there were some like reruns on HBO. I guess it was HBO show, right? Yeah. And so there was like some reruns. I remember the first time I noticed it, I just happened to be walking past a television. It was a scene where the ducks had landed in the pool, and, yeah. and Tony's kind of like walking around the pool. And I do remember thinking, like, I've never quite seen anything like this in regards to sort of what what we would now call episodic work. But I think in my mind, then I formulated it as like TV. Yeah. You know, whether that's pay TV or not. I was like, I've never seen anything quite like this. And just something about the pace and allowing him to perform and sort of this like that breathy, weird, Tony way. Yeah. Um, seems so different, you know. And so my question is like. Do you think it feels as different and unique, or do we just look at it now as being innovative? I think we just look at it now as being innovative. Yeah. Obviously, um, shows like Mad Men have come uh, in its wake and done the Sopranos thing. Um, but I don't think that – I mean, obviously, Mad Men was, was created by a Sopranos alumnus. So the yeah. the bumper crop of uh, prestige television that we got in the, in the mid-2000s and – uh, still sort of ongoing. I don't think any of that would have been possible without the Sopranos um, sort of blazing a trail. I mean, obviously, that's not the only example from from the late 90s, early 2000s. You had shows like The West Wing that, that came in pretty hot and got a lot of attention. But even that was subject to uh, network requirements, and, and The Sopranos just was not. It could do anything it wanted. And what it wanted to do um, was something – not only sort of content uh, content wise, like divorced from from network requirements, but also just psychologically naughty and slow, right. and and uh, it digs deep in ways that television didn't really do before. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it would be a really fun one, too, I think, to do the whole, this is sort of one of the things I've been thinking about at the, you know, programming the cinema, is that, like, I think it aired on Sunday nights, and I can remember, like, being like, dang, it's Sunday night, like, you know, you do some sort of pasta or something, and because I'm old, Uh, I was, you know, at the time when it was being released, watching it, Um, but, like, it just would be fun to watch it again, just, like, on Sunday nights, the way it was meant to be seen. Yeah, I'm watching, like, five episodes of the time. Well, you're a millennial, so you've got to binge a little That's bit. That's what I do. i got to binge. It's, it's in my DNA. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute. Round one. Fight. So why not, as long as we've, you know, we've gotten Tom Hanks out of the way and I've pretty much, <laughs> you know, landed on the fact Just that he sucks. destroyed me. Right. Um, let's go with a little bit of territory where we, we sometimes agree. And let's have our let's have a little debate about Nicolas Cage in five minutes. Um, I will unironically say that Nicolas Cage um, is a great actor <laughs> who makes I- I- alarming volumes of terrible movies. <laughs> um, but in the pro Cage camp, I, I would have to say um, – that in most of those terrible movies, you can never accuse Nicolas Cage of sleepwalking his way through them. Oh, you know where I'm going with this. Where are you going? Well, that he's sleepwalking his way through them. First of all, Pro Cage Camp is the name of your new gem. That's fine. It's amazing. That's an so awesome name. make note of that. Um, but my thesis here is not necessarily to completely disagree with you, but to say that other than Mandy, and even a little bit in Mandy, mm. but other than Mandy... Since Valley Girl, which is where I'm holding Nicolas Cage to be okay. at his very best. Wow. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, other than that, or since then, let's say, basically a production assistant or a director or some set person has come up to Nicolas Cage and pointed him in the direction of the camera and said, there it is, and he walks towards it, and he just does basically what he would do as he's walking through McDonald's on a normal mm. day. I think that's that's rare. I think that... Yeah, in some of these direct-to-DVD or direct-to-digital streaming or direct-to-YouTube movies he's made in the last few years, you can see some of that. But even in uh, movies that, well, no one has ever and will ever see, um, he has always struck me as the same bonkers committed um, risk-taking performer that he is in at, at his height. You know, something like, uh, Werner Herzog's Bad Lieutenant movie, which is full-on insane Nicolas Cage, you know, taking drugs and hallucinating iguanas, and uh, just basically out-crazying uh, Val Kilmer in the same movie, um, you know, he, he gives it 100% just as he does in his more transformative or more notable roles like uh, Leaving Las Vegas or Adaptation um, or even, you know, my beloved face off. Yeah, well, I think you're I'm going to say that you're committed. I'm just going to say it's just him at one o'clock in the afternoon. I don't really see commitment. I just see him being once again. This is a case of just like, here he is. He's like, I think 30 years ago, he was like, you know what? I actually don't really have to try. I'm just going to get a paycheck and cash Mm -hmm. it. And I can just show up on set and just look like this, which what's going on with his face? And I can just be myself in any of those films you just mentioned. But if that's him as a person, like if that's Nicolas Cage <laughs> just walking onto set like that, um, what an insane and interesting person to put in front of a camera. <laughs> I mean, even going back to something like, 
I don't know, Zandali or what's the movie that he eats the the crickets, uh, Vampire's Kiss yeah, or something? Yeah, okay, all right. Um, or, you know, Raising Arizona. I, I can just keep naming movies okay. in which I, mean, I love Nicolas touche. Cage. Touche. Uh, those are Those are big, broad, just committedly bonkers performances that are you know, entirely magnetic. And Mandy is so exceptional um as as a vehicle for Nicolas Cage because it channels not only the big broad you know full Nicolas Cage stuff that he's become infamous for like you know Neil Butte's wicker man nonsense screaming and you know pouring vodka on himself uh but but also um this it, it actually gives him an opportunity to perform uh and to actually have a role other than you know, Nicolas Cage now with a beard or whatever he's doing in those movies. <laughs> Good example. They shoot in Mobile all the time, right? Right. Um, he, he actually gets to express things like, um, well, you know, the early scenes uh, of contentment with Andrea Riseborough's character and then, you know, midway through the movie when the cult comes in and takes everything away, he just goes completely, you know, insane and... Um, uh, badass. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I like Mandy. I think he's good in Mandy. I think there are moments where he's just being Nicolas Cage, mm. but I'll give you that. Uh, I would argue that while I love Vampire's Kiss, it's just like, hey, you know how I'm going to approach this role? I'm just going to do an extra baggie or two of cocaine between each shot. Yeah, okay. But it's still just like, it's just like Nicolas Cage plus a little extra cocaine. Yeah, but again, I, I guess... That still rules. <laughs> it's, know, hey, just... it's more range than Tom Hanks. Oh, my God. Who maybe could use a bag of cocaine so he can actually perform a little bit. Not May- to get back to that argument that I won before. Maybe but... in the Mr. Rogers movie it'll be Tom Hanks. Ah, <laughs> uh, Corey might have won. Hi there. My name is Sam Eddins. I am the film traffic coordinator for the Sidewalk Film Festival as well as the upcoming Sidewalk Film Center and Cinema. Also, I am the official, unofficial referee for the Sidewalk podcast, Side Talks. So for this Nick Cage debate, he's one of those actors where, like, no matter what you say about him, it's going to be right or wrong no matter what. He is both a good and a bad actor at the same time. He's an enigma. So I think this one is a tie. There's just no correct answer for Nicolas Cage. And I think that's the great thing about Nicolas Cage. Let us know who you think won by visiting us on our Facebook page at Sidewalk Sidewalk Film. You'll never forget us. And now, fast film terms. So there's this thing called an OTS and this thing called an SRS. And, uh, I don't know what these are at all. Well, here we go. So it takes a couple of OTSs to make an SRS. An OTS is an over-the-shoulder shot. Oh. And an SRS is a shot reverse shot sequence. I didn't know what these were. And so when you watch, uh, oh, I don't know, any number of sitcoms, for example. Well, maybe sitcom isn't the best example because they're mostly in a studio. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, any sort of, like, drama that's shot with, a, like, television drama or, heck, any romantic comedy for that matter, what you see a lot of is, you know, a, 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 for example, a camera's over the shoulder of J-Lo, right? And, and we have a sort of medium shot of George Clooney across the table from her. And then we cut to a shot of uh, J-Lo from over the shoulder of George Clooney, and we go back and forth and back and forth, and we cut in some close-ups as well. And so it's over the shoulder to over the shoulder to over the shoulder to over the shoulder to close-up to over the shoulder shoulder and that's a shot reverse shot sequence it's the dateline interview thing where you cut occasionally to the interviewer smiling and nodding like i'm doing now 
Or the shot of George Clooney's very lovely bourbon that he's sipping on. Did you just watch Out of Sight? I watch that uh, pretty much every semester when I show that OTS SRS to my students. It's a good movie. So now it's time for Cal's Corner. Cal McKinnon is the features programmer for the Sidewalk Film Festival and Cinema. He's going to take a few minutes to talk about whatever the heck he wants to. The other thing I'm keeping as far as streaming goes is Night Flight, Night Flight Plus. It's really, really inexpensive. I think it comes down to like $4 a month, but it, it might have gone up just a little bit. But that's been um, one of my favorite things to pop up on any sort of streaming device platform in years. I think Rachel might have been the one that told me about it as well. Um, quick backstory is that Night Flight was a television series that came on the USA Network in the mid to mid 80s to the early 1990s and they were initially it kind of looks like they're like an mtv style music video program but they also feature interviews and they are they show a lot of like behind the scenes looks at at movies there's a good behind the scenes look at pink floyd's the wall that lasts like 40 minutes there's a crazy mark hamill interview you should check out where he has a mustache that's from 1987 and they so they basically have the night flight uh stewart i think his name is stewart shapiro i could be wrong on that but the guy that runs the company or who ran it in the 80s he basically has access to all like the original broadcast tapes and so slowly over the past two years they've been just kind of releasing more and more episodes of night flight and these last like i don't know they they last anywhere from like a half hour to three hours long and those three hours ones sometimes have like the full original commercials in them like a mountain dew commercial where people are water skiing in a river and it it really rules and it feels like you really feel transported back to a time. It's a, I mean, it's a time of programming that we don't have anymore. You know, if you think of like 1980s videos, they're, they're ones that are just going to keep popping up um, because they're the ones that keep kind of getting replayed because they're so iconic. You know, George Michael's Faith or Journey's Separate Ways. But like with Night Flight, they're going to show stuff like that. But at the same time, they have music videos for songs you might already love but didn't know existed. And then they'll have music videos that you had no no idea existed and they're really really fun to watch and it's such it's such an awesome look at the culture of the time one of my favorites that i discovered recently was a i had never heard of the band cock robin and it's really funny to say just found a really great music video by them if i take a moment i could probably figure out what the name of the song was i also like i really like roxy music but there's like there's kind of a a part of their catalog I'm not really familiar with came across a music video for Roxy Music's Same Old Scene, which really blew me away and um, has been kind of a favorite, not just music video, but just song amongst like me and some of the people I've had over to watch Night Flight, which that's been a thing actually is having people over to watch Night Flight. I mean, I think the last time I had a group over, there was like five or six people and we're watching it on my back porch and it was really, really awesome. So it's that kind of thing where you can have a TV party and it really, really pays off. Kyle McKinnon is a feature film programmer for the Sidewalk Film Center and Cinema. Well, here's one of my favorite segments moving right along. What's this shit? So you ready for this one, Corey? Uh, Sure. So I'm at the Cardio Cinema working out, and on the big screen in front of me this morning, actually, I'm just going to tell the truth and say on the big screen in front of me this morning was Talladega Nights. Uh, Talladega, however you want to say it. I think in Alabama we say Talladega That's right. Nights, which is about as good as it gets in the Cardio Cinema. <laughs> 
But uh, I clearly know what that film is. I, you know, I see Will Ferrell, and I'm like, okay, there it is. So let me kind of jump back in time a little bit and run this one to you. Okay. So it's Morgan Freeman. Uh-huh. He's in a house. <laughs> it's Christmas time. Mm. There's lights. And for whatever reason, there are a lot of much younger women absolutely throwing themselves at Morgan Freeman. I cannot tell what the hell is going on in this thing. It's as if he were, uh, you know, Brad Pitt just sexy as hell and all these women are wanting to get with him and let me just let me just say this not that morgan freeman wasn't ever sexy in his life uh-huh. i just think that modern current day this is current day morgan freeman not exactly what i would think you know you would expect women to just be throwing themselves at mm. do you know what the hell this thing is so this is recent morgan freeman in a house <laughs> it's Which a big is, house in my defense it is that is not a ton to go off of but uh <laughs> Um, He's a panty dropper, though. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, again, you you repeat yourself. You've you've already mentioned Morgan <laughs> Freeman. Um, I don't know what this is based gotcha. on the clues that you've you've given me. Yeah, I think you got me here. What is it? I have no freaking idea. <laughs> That's why this is called "What's This Shit." But maybe, just maybe, we could direct people. I guess I I was expecting you to know every damn one well, of so these. So the problem is that Morgan Freeman has made a lot of recent, rather disposable comedies along the lines of, you know, that movie that that with, he's in with uh, De Niro and Kevin Kline, where they all go to Las Vegas and have like a, a Viagra fueled adventure. Oh, well, I feel so, like that is so gross. Well, I mean, hey, I'm just the messenger here. Um, he also wears toe shoes. Do you know what I'm talking about? So I do. all of this Morgan together Freeman wears toe shoes. Yes, that's what I heard. Yeah. This is also upsetting. Here's what I think. I think we should just say, hey, man, we, we stumped Corey on this one. And so people have to stay tuned and join us next time for side talks to find out what the hell this film is. Yep, I'm stumped. Thanks so much for listening to Side Talks. You can visit us also on the web at SidewalkFest.com, where we've got all that social media stuff, too. At Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you are powerless to select another podcast. You must listen to the next Side Talks. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.